Now today we're heading north to Kachemak Bay, Alaska for Hydropalooza 2009. No, it's not a rock concert and you can't get a t-shirt, but for the people up in Alaska taking part in Hydropalooza this month, it's like a festival, a festival of data collection. Right now, scientists on two NOAA research ships are in the bay, and they're surveying the ocean and the coast to update nautical charts for the area. But the expedition isn't just about updating charts. It's about taking all the vast amount of information collected by sonar and other tools that NOAA uses to update charts and seeing what else it could be used for. So Hydropalooza is about mapping an area like Kachemak Bay one time and using all the information collected during the expedition in many, many different ways and for many different groups of people. It's a concept called integrated ocean and coastal mapping. Well, today we talk with one of the people involved with Hydropalooza to hear what it's all about. It's Wednesday, August 19th, 2009, and you're listening to Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service. Now, NOAA is the lead agency in the nation to keep our country's nautical charts up to date. These charts contain tons of detailed information. They tell us about the coast, about the depths of the water, the sea bottom, dangers to navigation tell you tides, where the navigation aids are, and even about the Earth's magnetism. And this part of NOAA's mission is all about ensuring safe navigation around our coasts. But the thing that people in NOAA have recognized for some time is that information collected when updating nautical charts is really useful, and it could be used by other groups of people for other purposes. Well, that's the idea behind Hydropalooza. It's a two-year pilot project now in the second year, and the focus is on collecting lots of information in one place about the water, coastline, and sea bottom in the bay, and sharing it so it can be used in many different ways. Hydropalooza is going to result in the most detailed seafloor and coastline maps ever generated of Kachemak Bay, and all the information that's collected is going to benefit a lot of people. Well, we spoke with Chris Holderreed on the phone to help explain what Hydropalooza is all about. Chris is the director of NOAA's Kasitsna Bay Laboratory, And Kasitsna sits on the Kenai Peninsula of Alaska, right on Ketchumak Bay. And the first thing, of course, we wanted to know was where the name Hydropalooza came from. Here's Chris. As all good names come, (laughs) we were probably sitting, it was after a a Benthic Habitat mapping conference, I think, in Anchorage. And when you start talking about integrated ocean and coastal mapping, um, you, you start to get into names that are very too long. Um, to say frequently, and there had just been one of the Palooza events uh, recently, and someone came up with the idea, well, we could just call it Hydropalooza, and it was um, initially just more an internal name, but what happened is it um, it really works to kind of describe the fact that we are pulling together um, a whole bunch of folks, both within our NOAA offices and with our local Uh, partners and stakeholders from uh, resource management agencies and from the local cities, um, as well as other federal agencies here as part of this, whether they're actually participating in it in the data collection or whether they're going to be using the data afterwards. Um, And so it was, you know, essentially this idea of we're having a a party on the water, in a sense, by pulling us all together, and so Hydropalooza stuck. There's a lot of activity going on with Hydropalooza, but central to it all is a large hydrographic survey that's being conducted by two NOAA ships, the Fairweather and Rainier. And last year, the two ships used sonar to map the eastern part of Kachemak Bay, 
This year, the ships are back to finish the job. Um, what's happening this year is we have two NOAA ships, the Fairweather and the Rainier. Um, they're both hydrographic survey ships, and they'll be here uh, from early August to early September. Uh, Rainier is going to be here through that whole time. Um, Fairweather will he- be here for a little more than a couple weeks in the middle of that. And they'll be doing um, shipboard mapping, so running both from the ships and from the launches, survey launches that they carry, which are simply it's phenomenal. If you ever have the chance to get out on, on either the ships or the these launches, it is absolutely phenomenal what they're able to do. Um, but they'll be running, collecting multi-beam survey data. They'll also be um, installing some tide gauges to precisely measure the tides during the period of the survey. Um, it's one of the things people don't always think about, that if you're going to have a consistent depth on a nautical chart, you have to essentially take the tides out of that. And so... The Center for Operational Oceanographic Products and Services in NOS, our co-ops office, or Tides and Currents office, um, they provide the tidal information, but the ships also uh, put in tide gauges while they're here to get the extra corrections for the surveys. So that's the primary field effort. But why choose a remote place like Kachemak Bay in Alaska? It seems kind of far away. Well, Chris explains. It really came down to the variety of needs that we had here and the partnerships that were already in place. So we have the uh, NOAA Kasitsna Bay Lab, our laboratory, which is part of um, the National Ocean Service's uh, Coastal Ocean Science offices. And we have the Ketchumac Bay National Estuarine Research Reserve, also within the National Ocean Service and a partnership with uh, the Alaska Department of Fish and Game. And with those offices and and already working together on how we're using NOAA data to support, among other things, resource management, it made for a natural place to do this. The other part is that for the ships, where they were scheduled to work, it, it was the right place for two of them to work together. Uh, and, and be able to do some cross-training. And she added that Alaska is a place that we need to know much more about, and within Alaska, Kachemak Bay is a particularly dynamic place with many different kinds of habitats. Alaska, we have half the coastline of the United States, so NOAA has a huge mission here. NOS has a, the National Ocean Service has a huge mission here. And we uh, have big challenges in terms of being able to cover you know, that coastline adequately. We have big challenges in that we are front and center on climate change. We are already seeing the changes uh, in temperature, in storm frequencies, in coastal erosion um, associated with global climate change. And it's not going to be going away anytime soon, so we're trying to get out ahead of it to help communities and resource managers adapt to those changes. The other actually part about Ketchumac Bay that's really interesting is we have a great variety of habitats from uh, rocky, subtidal, kelp forest, you know, hard bottom, vertical wall type habitats to uh, seagrass, mud flats, um, the shallow kind of salt marsh areas. So you really have a diversity of habitats that you'd want to know how to measure better. And the primary way that those interesting features are measured, it's with sonar, multi-beam sonar. And it turns out that the sonar data collected during the mapping effort is chock full of interesting information. Um, There's been large efforts within NOAA to get 
more information out of multi-beam sonar data in particular. Um, the sonar gives you both the bathymetry or the water depth as well as uh, something that tells you it's a, a measure of the intensity of the signal or the back, what we call the backscatter. And it tells you something about the roughness of the bottom. And one of the things that we've been working on um, as an agency is to get use that information to do things like, say, what is the uh, type of the bottom, um, what's the habitat on the bottom, because obviously we need that for uh, coastal resources management, fisheries management, things like that. And so there's been a fair number of research efforts around taking out the multi-beam sonars in, in more a research setting where you're focused on, on really looking at the backscatter. But we collect backscatter in our operational surveys. And the operational surveys are done primarily for, for, to get the bathymetry, but there's a lot of backscatter information that's collected. And so one of the intents of this is how do we, better, how do we get better products out of that information that we're already collecting? And because it's going to be supporting partners like the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, like the coastal science part of the National Ocean Service, we've got those partners here. So it's, you know, it's one of those things that that's why it makes sense to do it here. Now, the main point of gathering up all this information, Chris said, is that it helps paint a bigger picture of what's going on in the Bay. This is one of these lucky opportunities to get the framework information you need to do research on a coastal system like this. Um, there's a lot of work that we do that is, I'll say, point measurements or transect measurements where you're looking at a single site or a line of sites, say, and what you really want to do to understand the system as a whole is to put it in that larger context, put it in that larger framework to understand where it fits in the bathymetry you know, with the different water depths, where it fits with different habitats. And that's a bit easier to do on land because you can see it. <laughs> you can see it with your eye. It's a lot harder to do underwater, and sonar is our basic tool for doing this. And so having this spatial framework for Kachemak Bay is going to be really key for us to understand the ecosystem and then provide the products that help us better manage it. Well, this information will be really useful for the research work that Chris is involved with at the Katsisna Lab. She said her main goal during Hydropalooza is to get the word out that this data is available to people in the community. Our goal is to get more of that information out to um, sort of the beyond the navigation community that already uses it and depends on it, you know, critically right now. I mean, Noah's been doing this for a long time. It's, it's been our primary mission for a long time. But getting those products out to, or developing products that are more useful for resource managers, um, for emergency response purposes, for local development. Sometimes it's as simple as making sure they know uh, where the data is, that it is available. Sometimes it's changing formats a little bit to be something that's a little bit more useful for someone who's not making a nautical chart. Um, so we're working at that end, is, is making the information that we collect already um, more useful. And it's been absolutely fantastic working with um, our Office of Coast Survey and both ships and um, the NGS because these, the work that these folks do on a daily basis is amazing. And um, if we can help to get that word out, we're glad to do it. And while Hydropalooza is taking place in Alaska, it's important to note that it's not just relevant to Alaska. The lessons learned here are going to be useful all around the nation. One of the things about this is that 
trying to do it on an operational survey, if we develop things that work well here, say it's a uh, slightly better product out of, you know, from the backscatter data, uh, that can then be applied to every operational survey that NOAA does. So do we really see the benefits so that the lessons that we learn from Hydropalooza will hopefully help us improve what we get out of this large investment that we make into hydrographic survey. What we realize is that many other groups, resource managers, research organizations, such as even within NOAA, like ours, um, conservation groups, and then land managers, state and national park folks like that, um, in their coastal areas can all use this information. But they have to know that it's, you know, they have to know that it's there and they need to have it in a format that they can use. They're not going to be using some of this hydrographic survey bathymetry software that's used. One of the major benefits, I think, out of this is going to be how do we better communicate with some of these other stakeholders? Uh, because for them, the information is gold. For sure, we should make sure that everybody who can use it you know, knows that it's available and has it in a form that they can use. Well, thanks to Chris Holdery, the director of NOAA's Kasitsna Bay Laboratory in Alaska. If you'd like to learn more about Hydropalooza, head on over to oceanservice.noaa.gov and check out the features section. And the NOS website is also where you head if you have any questions about the podcast, about the National Ocean Service, or about our ocean. And if you want, you can also send us an email. We're at nos.info at noaa.gov. Now let's bring in the ocean. You're listening to Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks.